Hey, good morning, everybody. Today's daf is Sota Daf Lamedalid. We are holding on Daf Lamed Gimelam Beis. We are about 10 lines from the end of the page at Tanu Rabbanan. Today's shir is sponsored by Dr. David Landerer in honor of his wife and children and Le'ili Nishmas' mother, Golda Basimcha Shalom. We thank him very much for the continued sponsorship each and every day of the Daf Yomi. Uh, today we're going to discuss the following. We're going to talk about how Klal Yisrael went through the Yardin, how they uh, how they positioned themselves when they went through the Yardin, what they did while they were in the Yardin, the announcements Yahushua made to them while they were in the Yardin, how the water went up and uh, how exactly the machlokas, how high the waters went up when they went through the Yardin, uh, what stones they took from the Yardin uh, and what they did with those stones. Then the Gemara is going to talk about it's going to talk about the Meraglim. We're going to start darshaning the Parsha of the Meraglim. So it's going to talk about Kalev and Yehoshua in particular, how, how Moshe Rabbeinu Davin for Yehoshua and how uh, Kalev had gone off to go uh, to go Davin by Kivriavos in Hebron. The Gemara is going to talk a little Little bit about Hebron and uh, what was unique about Hebron in terms of its uh, the quality of the uh, of, of the land and uh, the uh, overall mission of the uh, of the Miraglim. So let's begin. We're at Tan Rabbanon, about ten lines from the end of the page on Daf Lamid Gimelam Bay. So says the Gemara Tan Rabbanon. Yardin. How did Kali Yisrael go through the Yardin? So B'chol Yom, when uh, every day when uh, they were uh, when Kali Yisrael had to travel, Arun Osea Achashnei Degal. The Aron typically would travel behind two of the Degalim, behind the Degalim of Reuven and Yehuda. There were four Degalim in the Midbar, a uh, Degal for each three Shvatim, and the Degalim were called by the names of uh, four Shvatim in particular, Yehuda, Reuven, Ephraim, and Dun. So the uh, the way that they would travel was that the Degal Yehuda went first, and then Aron Uvanov with the, uh, came for, with, the, with the Mishkan to take the Parochas and to cover the Aaron. Then the Bnei Gershom Bnei Merari would take the Krashe Mishkan and they would carry, they would uh, put them on uh, wagons. And the Aaron and the Klei Kodesh of the Bnei Kaas. Uh, I should get off. Okay. All right. And the uh, sorry about the Zoom problems, everybody. And uh, so then they would they, they would travel through. So uh, so the point is that uh, that 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 the uh, the the Aron would travel behind two of the Degalim, behind the Degel of Reuven and Yehuda. That was typically Vahayom, But the day that Klal Yisrael traveled through the Yardin, Nasat Chila, the uh, Aron went first. It led the way. Shenemer Hine Aron Abris Adon Kala Aretz. Over Lifnechem. So uh, it went in front of them. Biyardin is the next word in the Pasuk. And another difference, Bechol Yom Bayom, Leviim Nosnes Aaron. On a typical day, the Leviim, meaning the Bnei Kahas, were the ones that carried the Aaron. Vahayom, but the day that Klal Yisrael went through the Yardin, Nasu Kohanim. The Kohanim. The uh, the Kohanim were the ones that carried the Aron Shadem Kapos Hashem. So Tanya, we have a price that tells us so again. So we just said for those who I was muted for, we just said that there were two differences between uh, the way we normally traveled and the way that we went through the Yardin, the day that we went through the Yardin. First difference is the placement of the Aron. Second difference is who carried the Aron. Typically the Aron was placed behind two of the Degalim, and that day the Aron led the way, and typically the Aron was 
was carried by the Bnei Kahas, but that day it was carried by the Kohanim. So says the Gemara, Tanya, Rabbi Yossi, Yomar, Bishlosha Mekomos, Nosukaran This is one of three places that the Kohanim were the ones that carried the Aron. First is Kshavros Yardin, the place that we just identified when they went through the Yardin. Second to Kshesibos Yericho, when they had to go around Yericho in order for the walls of Yericho to fall down for seven days. They went around the walls of Yericho once each day, and then they did seven Akafos on the seventh day, and they blew Shofros, and the walls of Yericho came down. So that was accompanied by the Aron, with the, uh, with the Kohanim carrying the Aron. And number three, Kshesh Ziruhu Limekomo, when they brought the Aron in the days of Shlomo Amelech from Ir David, back to the Kodesh HaKadoshim after it had uh, been taken away in the times of Mishkan Shiloh. Well, what's the story over there? So the Pesukim and Shmuel Aleph tell us that in the days of Eli, Klal Yisrael went out to fight a Melcham with the Plishtim. The Plishtim were victorious and the Plishtim captured the Aron. And wherever the Aron went with the Plishtim, they suffered all sorts of uh, horrible things because they shouldn't have had the Aron. So they decided it's causing us all sorts of aggravation. So let's instead, uh, you know, they were having hemorrhoids and all sorts of things. So they said, well, okay, so we're going to send it back to Klal Yisol. So they sent it to Beit Shemesh, and Klal Yisol and Beit Shemesh sent it to the house of Aminadav in Kiryat Ya'arim. And uh, since once the Mishkan Shiloh was uh, destroyed, or since the Mishkan Shiloh was destroyed, they kept the Aron in the house of Aminadav for 20 years. And then David HaMelech wanted to bring it to Yerushalayim, but on the way, trying to bring it to Yerushalayim, Uzzah didn't show proper kavod, and uh, he died in the celebration bringing it to Yerushalayim so David decided, you know what, let's not bring it to Yerushalayim, so they gave it instead to the Oviredom Hagiti and they kept it in his house he was from the Shoarim, he was a Levi and then uh, after uh, six months, David HaMelech brought it to Yerushalayim to Ir David and that's where it stayed until Shlomo HaMelech built the base of Mikdash, and then when Shlomo HaMelech built the base of Mikdash, they brought it to the Kodesh HaKadoshim, so on that journey to the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the the Apostle in Malachim Aleph says, Vayaviu hakohanim esaron bris Hashem al makom al dvira vayis al kodesh kadoshim al tachskan ve'akruvim. It was the Kohanim that brought the Aaron to uh, to where it actually finally belonged in the kodesh kadoshim. So the Bryce explains now how how it worked when we uh, when we crossed the Yarden. The kivish nitzul ragli kohanim b'mayim. As soon as the ragli kohanim went into the waters, meaning the again the Aaron was in front and the kohanim were carrying the Aaron. So the rag, the kohanim were the first ones to get their feet wet. So Chazra Mayim Lachrem. As soon as that happened, the water started uh, started started piling up. Shneimar Ukvon Lo Searon Ad Hayarden Vayamdu Amayim Hayarden Milamayla. So Kamu Neid Echad that it, it just continued to build up like a uh, like a pillar. So it wasn't like an ocean that split. It was that there was a flowing river and they 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 set foot in the Yarden. So whatever was flowing continued to whatever had already flowed uh, flowed by them continued to flow away and the water that was about to, to come to where they were just kept building up higher and higher instead of uh, instead of continuing to flow downstream. So the Kamagovan Shamaim, how high did the water rise? It was twelve mil by twelve mil, Kenegan, Machnaisol, because that was the size of the Machnaisol, Divrabiuda. Rabiuda says we went into the Ardain in formation, and therefore as we all got into the Ardain, the water built up to the size of Machne Yisrael. So Amr Rabbi Elazar Rabbi Shimon, so Rabbi Elazar Rabbi Shimon challenges Rabbi Yudah, Lidva Recha, according to you, that the, the height of the water was exactly the height of the Machne Yisrael. Wait a second, Adam Kal, 
Omayim Kalim. What's faster? Does water travel faster when it goes downstream? Or do people travel faster when, they, uh, when they're traveling as a, as, as a, a camp of people? Haviyomer, Mayim Kalim. For sure, for sure, water is much faster. Sim Kane, if that's the case, it, it, the idea that the water only went up, Shema Samil, is very difficult because it should have gone much, uh, much higher because it was traveling much faster than the people. And the people are only coming into the Ardena at a normal human pace. So, Boyna Mayim, Ushotvinosam. If it stopped as soon as it got to the 12th meal and then went right back to a regular river and went right back to a regular yardane, then it should have come and drowned out all the Jewish people who were in the, the middle of the, uh, of the river. Uh, the uh, the, the, the point out that probably Rabbi Yehuda's response would be if you look in the Psukim, it says, Yoshua, it says, that the Am was, was rushing, that they, so maybe he understands that they really sped up, that they sped up to the point that they were just as fast as the water. And that's how, uh, as soon as it was uh, the size of Machni Yisrael, they were able to get through and it, they weren't drowned out. But Rav Lozor Shimon thinks that, that, that they couldn't have gone that fast. No, it kept on building up and up and up. meal to the, the, the height was more than three. 300 mil in the air. Tosas points out that the Gemara Misatsuba Basha tells us that uh, clouds are only three parsaos uh, high. Shalosh Meir's meal is more than 70 parsaos. So uh, that, that would mean that it was way above the height of the, uh, of the clouds. So in the Sefer Torah Sakonos, he says, no, but the whole point was that uh, the next line of the Gemara is, that would have seen it from its height. It must have been that it was a clear day, that there were no clouds, because it had to be that everyone was able, uh, was able to see it from a distance. They heard about this amazing miracle that Akhurj Baruch who dried up the waters of the Yardin until Kal Yisrael was able to pass through the Yardin Vayamas Levavam. So they, 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 their hearts melted. They had no, uh, they, were, they were breathless. Uh, they lost all their spirit. They lost all their uh, their confidence because of uh, the Bnei Yisrael coming and they realized that the Bnei Yisrael were accompanied by Akhurj Baruch who's guiding hand. Yoshua and Rachav Azono told Pinchas and Kalev who Yoshua Shluchim Kishamanu Asher Hovish Hashem as Meyamsuf, meaning this wasn't the first time that uh, everyone had heard about the the Kriyas Yamsuf as well, and that's why when Yoshua spies went, Rachav Azono told them, "You should know that uh, I'm hearing all the politicians; they're all talking about how uh, terrified they are of Klal Yisrael." Uksiv and the pasuk says, "Vanishma Vayimaslavenu Vulokamaod." That Rachav said that. Uh, that they heard about it and their hearts melted and they couldn't uh, they couldn't have the same confidence anymore. So that repeated itself when uh, when they when we passed through the yarding. That it was such a public spectacle that everybody heard about it and everybody was uh, was terrified about it. So uh, uh, the, the 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 Gemara now continues to describe that process of going through the yarding. Odom while Kalisol was still in the Yarden, Amlam Yoshua, Yoshua announced to them, he said to them, Du'u al-ma'atem over Yarden. You you need to be aware why it is that you're that, that you're crossing the Yarden, that Hashem is allowing you to cross the Yarden. Al-Minas Shetorishu as Yoshua Aretz You're going to conquer 
the land from the people who are there right now. Just like already Moshe Rabbeinu had told them back in the Chumash, so Yoshua says, remember that? Remember what Moshe Rabbeinu told us that? If you are makabal on yourselves to do exactly your job, then mutav. Then it's going to be great. You'll be able to pass through the Yardin b'shalom without any problem. Vimlav. But if you are not coming through with that intention of being Morish Haaretz, so in mayim v'shot v'noseichem, the water is now going to come and flood you all out and drown you. My oseichem, oseichem is a funny word to use. What is it? It should be eschem or something. No, osi ve'eschem. Oseichem is a combination of two words that it's going to drown me too. I mean, this tells us a little bit about the role of a manhig hadar that, uh, you know, said that uh, look I'm, I'm here for the people I'm here to serve the people and if the people aren't going to be here then whether I'm at Tzadik or Russia I don't belong here either so it's going to take care of both of us it's ineffective leadership if you're not going to live up to what you're supposed to do so Klal Yisrael were told that when they crossed the Yardin they should take 12 Avanim uh, the, corresponding to the number of the Shvatim in Klal Yisrael this is already Moshe Rabbeinu told them in Dvarim Perch of Zayin Right, that's already in the uh, in the Chumash. So uh, so now the Gemara describes how Yoshua instructed them to fulfill that tzivui of Moshe. while they were still in the Yardin, Yoshua told twelve people who he had previously identified and, and designated. For this job, he told them that he has a job for them when they're in the Yardin in advance, but he didn't tell them in advance what that job is. So now in Sefer Yoshua, while they're in the Yardin, he tells them, Harimu lechem ish, even achas al shechmo, lemispar shifte b'nei Yisrael. Your job is to each take a stone uh, corresponding, 12 of you corresponding to one one stone each for the shifte Yisrael, and you'll put it uh, in the uh, in the Yardin right by where the Kohanim are standing, um, because the, again, the Kohanim were the first ones to walk in. Um, so, uksiv lemantia zos uh, that this will be an oath for future generations and people are going to ask well what are these stones doing here and the Pesukim continue Gemara doesn't quote the whole Pesuk but the Pesukim continue that there was once this amazing miracle that uh, the Aron Bris Hashem came into the Yardin and the waters uh, stopped uh, flowing downstream and they built a wall and therefore we set up these stones as a zikaron for Bnei Yisrael forever so it served as a simon for, uh, for, for later generations of Klal Yisrael that their forefathers passed through the Yardin still in the Yardin, Amlan Yoshua, Yoshua told those same uh, 12 people, take from where the Kohanim are standing, take 12 other stones, is the Pashtos, take 12, uh, because those initial 12 stones had to remain there, otherwise it wasn't going to be much of a sim in Lebanon. So take 12 other stones, and those 12 other stones, you should take with you uh, through the Yardin, and those stones should be placed where we spend the night tonight. 
You might think that wherever they spend the night, each and every uh, uh, you know uh, stop along the way, that's why it says that it was Dafka in Gilgal where they spent the night that night that they had to bring those stones. So these three Tanoim, Omdu alosnavanim. They uh, calculated the the weight of those stones. Vishirum kol achas ve'achas shkula karbaim sa'a. And they figured out that each of those stones weighs 40 uh, 40 sa'a. Um, the, uh, the 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 uh, the the the, the, the uh, 40 sa is the uh, shear of a mayim that uh, fills a mikvah. What are we saying? Like 190 gallons. How much does 190 gallons of water uh, weigh? A lot, right? Meaning uh, those Poland spring bottles are what? Like five gallons? Yeah. So it uh, so weighs a lot. So these are uh, 40 sa'a of what uh, was the weight of these stones. Ugamiri And we have a tradition, a Kabbalah, that the amount that a person is able to lift on their own is tilta detu'unehavi, is one third of what a person can carry if someone else lifts it and puts it on your shoulders. I mean, you can carry a lot more when you don't have to do a deadlift from the ground, right? If someone, if you're standing already and you brace yourself and someone puts it on your shoulders. So what you you're able to lift off the ground and put on your own shoulders is only one third of what you're able to lift if someone is helping uh, load the uh, the bundle on you. So Wow, so when you calculate that, think about the eshkol, the cluster of grapes that the Meraglim brought from Eretz Yisrael, where they helped each other lift it. Shenema, the Pasuk says by the Meraglim, bamot that they carried it on a stick with two people. So obviously if it was a stick meaning they're carrying it uh, with a stick obviously you need one person at each end of the stick so obviously it's Bishnaim. so matam Bishnaim motos Bishnaim means that there were two sticks which means four people uh, one person on the end of each of the sticks carrying the uh, carrying the uh, the the, the uh, cluster of grapes so uh, so the Gemara tells us Amar Ab Yitzchak Tortini Vitortini de Tortini that uh, the, they, they carried it in a way where they were carrying it on two sticks and then there were another two sticks running across those those first two sticks so it was really four sticks with two with with and each stick was carried by uh, by two people so hakate said nasu eshkol echad nasu eshkol nasu eshkol that shmona nasu eshkol eight people were carrying the eshkol why was it eight people because again if it was four sticks that were making like a tic tac board that when uh, that, that were crossing each other and uh, each stick had two people carrying each end and that's where they rested the grapes that they were uh, that they were schlepping so it took eight people to take the eshkol Echod nasa rimon. One of the meragun took a rimon. Ve'echod nasa te'ena, and the other one took a te'ena, took a fig. So a total of ten meraglim were actually carrying peros. But wait, there were twelve meraglim. There weren't ten meraglim. So Yoshua and Kalev lo nasu klum. Yoshua and Kalev didn't carry anything. They didn't take any fruits. So why not? Two possibilities. Either because they were very chashuv, so it was beneath their dignity to be carrying fruits. And the Minchasoti says, but wait. The Gemara is going to tell us in tomorrow's daf that the Meraglim were mezalzal the cover of Yeshua. They called him Reish Katia. They didn't think that he was a chash of a person at all. So how could it be that they didn't give him a fruit to carry? They're schlepping the packages. They didn't give him anything to carry because uh, because of his cover. So he said it must be that they, they knew that Moshe Rabbeinu really liked Yeshua. So he was mechubad in the eyes of Moshe Rabbeinu. So they knew that it wasn't uh, they, that they better not uh, ask him to do too much. So Yeshua and Kalib, either because of their their, their 
or because they didn't want to carry the peros because they knew what the purpose of carrying these peros was. It wasn't to show that Eretz Yisrael is so great, let's go conquer it, let's do the Tzivay Hashem. This was the opposite was, the, was their purpose. So they didn't, want, they didn't want that either. Now it happens to be true that, that Moshe Rabbeinu told them to take peros, but uh, Moshe Rabbeinu took, uh, told them to take peros in order to show everybody the, uh, in order to show everybody how great Eretz Yisrael is. That was not the purpose of this taking peros. So these are not the peros that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted them to, uh, to take. So now the Gemara explains, goes back to explain how we cross the Yardin. So we had this machlokas uh, that we mentioned already between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Shimon of how high the waters went. Where Yehuda said it went 12 mil high, which is the exact size of the encampment of Bnei Israel. Whereas Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Shimon says, no, it's 300 mil, keep it, Gabi, keep it, and call Malchim Mizrach, Marav, and everyone saw it. So Pligabar Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha. It's a machlokas amoraim in terms of uh, understanding this machlokas tanoim. Chad Omar, one of the Amoraim says, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that the height of the waters went to 12 mil, that's because uh, when Kali went through the Yardin, they went through the Yardin in, in camp formation. And therefore, when they passed through the Yardin, it took uh, as long as it took for the water to get to 12 mil. But Rabbi Shimon must have understood it went up so high, 300 mil, that they went through in single file. That love Dafka Mamish single file, but they went through in a way that was more uh, linear and less uh, like the wide, the full width of the uh, of the of the camp, which is strange. So raises the question: Why doesn't Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Shimon just uh, be told the hishita and the fact that the water goes faster? Right? Isn't that what he said before? Meaning, even if they went through in the uh, you know in the camp formation. But water goes much, much faster. So isn't that the point? So how come we're saying that according to Rabbi Shimon, they must have not gone through in formation, and that's why it took so much longer because they were going through a single file that the water went up so high. The water went up so high because the water went, went, went so much faster. So t- the Tosa suggests that Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda are actually arguing about two things. First of all, that which Rabbi Yehuda says that it was 12 mil, Rabbi Shimon is that since water is faster, it would have to be more than 12 mil anyway. But a second, he says, since they it was way, way more than 12 mil, meaning either reason alone would have been enough. But when you put both things together, that's why it went so, so high. So uh, according to the Rebbe Shimon, it was B'zeh and the other one of the Amoraim that we just mentioned suggests that no, Beinmar, Ubeinmar, both Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon, hold that they went through in the camp formation. And the Machlokas is, who's faster? People running by foot or Mayim Kalim? Or is water faster as it flows? Uh, so that's the whole question. Tulsa says that Rabbi Yehuda has to be Moda, so that, that Mayim is Kalim. Mayim, Mayim runs faster. But over here, is, is, it, it, Mayim is Kalim because Mayim normally flows downstream. Over here, the water is flowing to defy gravity. So, like, you know, how fast can you throw a baseball, let's say, right? So you could throw, how fast can you throw it up, right? When it's defying gravity, it goes a lot slower. So the water over here, maybe water goes at a certain pace, but when it's going upward, it's not going to. So that's what it means. Not, not in general in the world does a river flow faster than a person can run. Of course, in general, it does. The question is over here, it also says, whether Mayim Kalim. The Marsha also points out that the Gemara in Brachos is mashma that not 
all water uh, flows at the same pace. I mean, the, 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 you know, your eyes are mashma that also, right? Meaning you look, you see, not all rivers flow and rage at the uh, at the same pace. Sometimes it flows uh, much slower. So it could be that they were arguing about what, how, uh, how, uh, how, how strong the Yardane was, uh, was flowing. Anyway, once we're talking about the, once we mention along the way about how they carry the Eshkel, why do we talk about how they carry the Eshkel of grapes? Because we were talking about the weight of the stones that, uh, that they took from the Yardane, so we mentioned the weight of the stones, so can you imagine how heavy the Eshkel was that they took because they were helping each other load it on and it took eight people that were carrying the Eshkel and one stone that a person was able to deadlift was 40 sa. Wow, so it must have been a very, very heavy Eshkel. But once we mention that, we'll start talking about the, uh, the, the Meraglim in general, the Parsha of the Meraglim in general. So the Pasuk tells us, Shlach Lecha Anoshim. So Gemara Darshan's, what is the word Lecha? Whenever you have the word Lecha, it always signifies something, right? Lech Lecha, and uh, Avram Avinu is told, Lahana Ascha, Letovascha, right? It's, it's for you. Lekachtem uh, Lochem Bayom Arishon. Uh, what's lachem? That it has to be misha lachem. That it has to belong to you. Usvartem lachem. Right? We have by svira saomer lachem shete svira lekol echad veechad. That every single person has to do an individual. So whenever you have a lacha, a lachem, that's always a it's a it's it's a word that needs a drasha. So what's shalach lacha anashim? So I'm reishlach is shalach lacha midaitcha. That I don't want meraglim. You do this because you want to do it. Akharish Baruch says, not because I want to do to do it. atzmo, is it normal for a person when you know that it's going to be bad for you to do something? Baruch tells you it's going to be maybe the it's not good. So uh, so it's going to be something terrible. So based on that, the Gemara says that, uh, that since it was not Paratzon Hashem, that's what the Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu says to Bnei Yisrael, you want to send Meraglim? So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Vayitav adavar. He says, it, it's okay by me, but it might be okay by me, but it's not okay with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So he, because he knew that it wasn't that it wasn't going to turn out, it wasn't going to turn out well. Marshal raises the question: If it was mutav be'ine Moshe, why in the Tochacha was he mochiach b'nei Yisrael for it? He just told them that he's okay with it. So Marshal quotes from the Ramban that it was hutav be'inav to send Meraglim to see how to best conquer the land, but not to see whether to conquer the land. Meaning that wasn't a mission that Moshe Rabbeinu was, uh, was comfortable with. So now it says in Parsh Meraglim that Bnei Yisrael came to Moshe and they asked, you know, they said, let's send people and they'll scout out the land. So Gemara Darshan, the Lashon of Ayachburu. Amr Bar Abba, Rabbi Chibar Abba explains, the Meraglim were interested in the Gnus of Eretz Yisrael. They wanted to degrade and denigrate Eretz Yisrael. And that's why the Pasuk used the Lashon of Chafira, because Chafira is a Lashon of Busha. How do I know that? Ksiv Hachabai, the Parsh Meraglim, it says, Vayachburu lanu asaretz, uksiv Hasman, it says, Vachafra halavana uvosha hachama. That, uh, and the Pasuk continues, Kimalach Hashem Tzvakos, Bahartzion of Yerushalayim, Veneged Zekein of Kavod. So it means that those who are over the Chama Levana, those who are over the Zara and worship the sun and the moon are going to suffer a uh, Busha. So the Gemara is telling us, you see that Chafira is the Lashon of Busha. So when it says Chafira by the Meraglim, it also means to see the Busha and the Gnos of, uh, of, of Eretz Yisrael. 
I, the Marsha raises a very strong kasha, that when Yeshua sent Kalev uh, Pinchas also to, uh, to scatter out the land, it also is Yachbaru, it's also Loshon of Chafira. Okay, so that's a kasha. Why it does, uh, that's not Busha, that was a positive Miragla mission. Okay, good kasha. And these are the names of the Miraglim. So lists all of them. Shemur ben Zakor is uh, the one that represented Ruvain. We have a tradition from our forefathers. Miraglim al Shema Nikru. The names of the Miraglim could be darshaned to describe what their intentions were and what they were trying to do. Uh, but we can only think of Hanadarshan one of them. And that is Susur ben Michael. That the name Susur ben Michael, what does that name mean? It's a Ganai. Susur Shesasur Maisif Shalkarosh Susur means that because he was Motzi Laz on Eretz Yisrael, it's as if he was contradicting uh, the, what Akarosh Baruch Hu had said, that it's an Eretz of Aschal of Dvash. And his father's name was Michael. We darshan that Ganai as well. Michal Shasa Atzmomach, that he made it like a Kodesh Baruch who is weak, like a Kodesh Baruch who is meek, that a Kodesh Baruch who is not going to be able to defeat the, uh, the inhabitants of Eretz Yisrael. So Amr Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan says, once you're on that topic of darshaning the names, that's not the only name we could darshan. Afanu Nomar, I could darshan another one of the names, Liganai. Nachbi ven Vafsi, Nachbi Shehechvi Dvar Shalach Baruch that even though he saw the great Sheva Ha'aretz, that it's, uh, that it's such a good land flowing with milk and honey, he hid that truth about the land in order to be Motsi La'az about the land. And the name of Nachbi's father is Vavsi. So we dash Vavsi Shepisa al Midos of Shakarajbarhu. That he skipped over the Midos of Akarajbarhu. He didn't say the uh, one of the Midos of Akarajbarhu, which is MS. So instead of saying the MS, he was instead uh, he, he instead spoke ill of the land. And then it says Vayalu Banega, Vayavo at Chevron. So we don't dash in any of the other names right now, but the Pasuk describes that the Meraglim came to Vayalu Venegev, Vayavo Ad Chevron. So it says Mar Vayavo, that's singular. Vayavo Umi Bayale. It should have said, and they came to Chevron, not, and he came to Chevron. So Marava Malami Shapirish Kalev Matzis Meraglim. You see from here that Kalev did not join in with the, uh, with the plot of the Meraglim. Vahalach Venishtata Chal Avos. And instead, he went to Davin by Kivra Avos. And he said to them, which is, uh, uh, Tulsus raises the kasha that the Gemara and Bracha says that Mason don't know anything of what's going on in this world. So you mean Amar Lahem? He's talking to the Mason. They have no idea what you're talking about. They're not. They're not there. They don't. They don't. They don't know what's going on in this world. If you look at the Gemara and Bracha, it's not so posh that that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara's maskana might be that they do know. It seems to be a suffix in the Gemara. It seems to be some sort of machlokas in the Gemara. But Tulsus assumes that the way to read that Gemara is that the Mason don't know what's going on in this world. So what's he doing over here by talking to the Mason? So uh, Tulsus writes that. That Mason, uh, when the Gemara says that Mason don't know what's going on in this world, it means naturally they don't know what's going on in this world. But if you tell them, then they know. When you're mispalel, then uh, then they up in Shemayim they let the Avos know about that tefillah, and then they'll be mevakish rachamim. So that's why we have minhagim like this. People go to kivrei Avos before a chasna, and they'll go invite them to the chasna or whatever. You know, uh, so love dafka invite. They're saying that uh, you know be pole something in Shemayim to uh, for siyat in the Shemaya. For the uh, for the young couple or whatever, and that's why people go. They go to Kibreavos to uh, because it's ma'orer the 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 neshama of that person to be pawel something to help something out. So Varmelen Kaliv said to them, Avosai bikshualai rachamim daven for me. So the uh, the the achronim discuss. Are you allowed to do that? You're allowed to, you're allowed to ask the dead people. 
uh, to daven for you. That I should be saved from the uh, from the atzas Are you really allowed to daven to the uh, to, to the dead? It sounds like you're allowed to because Kalev did it. Mesachas Tainus. We say why do you go to Beis Hakvaros on a Tainus? So Kadeshi Vakshu Mesim Aleim Rachamim. So that the Mesim will will be Mavakish Rachamim. In fact, we even said earlier in this Masechta that why is it we said back in Dafyadal that why is it that no one knows where Moshe Rabbeinu is uh, is buried because it was Kalev Yadua Takarish Baruch Hu that the Beis Hamikdash was going to be destroyed. Klal was going to be sent into Galus, and maybe at that time we're going to go to Kever Moshe Rabbeinu, and we're going to say Moshe Rabbeinu, Amod Bitfila Ba'adenu, yeah, go daven for us, and Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be Mvatel Gzeira. So you see that you're allowed to daven to the Mesim Vakish Rachim. So that's what Sefer Chesidim says that uh, the Mesim have Hanaa when they're Ohavim go to the Kvarim and are Mvakish for the Neshama, good for the Neshama, and then they they're Poel something good for the people down here. That's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. In Shulchan Aruch, in Simon uh, in Simon Tov Kavayin Tess, that 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 Tainus Geshamim, that by Tainus the by Tainus for Geshamim, you're Yotzei Ala Kavarim, and the Magen Avram writes in order that uh, the Mesim should be Mevakesh Rachamim for us. So the Mishabura quotes from a number of posts, Maril and others, that no, we're not davening to the Mesim himself. We're davening to Hashem that in the Zuchus of the Mesim, Hashem should save us. So that's the passage of what a person is supposed to do when you go to Kivrei Avos, or when you go to any Kever, Kivrei Tzadikim, you have to be careful about the Kavana. You're not davening to the Mesim. So there's machlokas of nuance. Is it that you're davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that in the Zuchus of the Mesim, Hashem should save you? Or you're asking the mace to daven takarish baruch Hu for you. Those are the two mahalchim. Definitely, you should not be davening to the mace to help you. When people do that, they're making a very big mistake, right? So those are the two mahalchim that you find in poskim. Either davening takarish baruch Hu in the zechus of the mace, or at, perhaps you're even allowed to ask the mace to daven to Akronish baruch Hu on your behalf, which Pashtus in the Gemara, it sounds like what Kalev is doing, right? He says, Bikshu Rachim Maragun. So Kvar Bikesh Moshe, so says Mora Yoshua, and as far as Yoshua is concerned, why didn't Yoshua have to go to, to Hebron to Davin for that? Because Kvar Bikesh Moshe, Allah Rachim, Moshe already Davin for him. Shem Rayuk Moshe Le Yoshua Benun, Lo Shea Benun, Yoshua. The Moshe Rabbeinu called Hoshea Benun, Yoshua. Why Yoshua? That symbolic that Hashem should save him from the Atzas Meraglim. Of course, the Kashem asks, why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu daven for Kalev also? Why didn't he daven for all of them? Why is Moshe Rabbeinu only davening for Yoshua? But anyway, That's what it means that Kalev had a Ruach HaCharesimo, that he went alone to Hebron to daven to be saved from uh, from any wrongdoing. So it's uh, it identifies the various giants that were in Hebron. Sa'achiman is called because Miyuman Shabiachiv. He was the strongest of the brothers. Miyuman means like the right hand. He was the strongest. Sheshai is Shemesimis Aretz Kishchasos. That when he would uh, trample on the ground, it would like leave craters in the ground because he was so giant. Talmai Shemesimis Aretz Tlamim Tlamim. That when he went on the ground, there were the, 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 the dirt went up around his footsteps to 
uh, so he made like a deep imprints in the ground. Dover Acher, Achiman Bana Anas. Achiman built a city called Anas. Sheshai Bana Alush. Sheshai built a place called Alush. Talai Bana Talbush. Yelidea Anak. Why are they called Yelidea Anak? Shemanik and Hema Bikomasan. Chama Bikomasan, rather. That when, uh, when they were so tall that when you look up at them, you'd only see their head and the sun around their head. So it was as if they were wearing the sun as a necklace around them because they were so tall you couldn't look at them without looking into the sun. The Chevron Shevashan Nimnasa, the Lefnei Tzor Mitzrayim, the Pasuk goes on, Chevron was built seven years before Tzor Mitzrayim. My Nimnasa, Ilema Nimnasa Mamish, if it means that literally it was built seven years before Tzor Mitzrayim, that doesn't make sense. Efshar Adam Badabais, Lebno Katan, Kodum Lebno Gadol, would it make sense that a person would build a house for his younger son before his older son? Cham Ben Noach was the father of Canaan and Mitzrayim. And the Pasuk says that Canaan, um, who Ham built Hebron for, was younger than Mitzrayim, who uh, he built Soan for. and Uput So Canaan was too after Mitzrayim. So Ella, so it must be al Echad Mishiva Bitsawan. That it was uh, it had it had more beautiful Peros, seven times more beautiful Peros than Sawan of Mitzrayim. That Hebron had such beautiful Peros. But if you think about what that means, there's no more rocky, less fertile area in all of Eretz Yisrael than Hebron. The Kivri that's why it was chosen as a place for a cemetery where you bury people. And there's no more fertile land in anywhere in the world than Eretz Mitzrayim. Shinemar, because the Pasuk says, Kigan Hashem Karetz Mitzrayim by Lot. It says, Vayisalot Eseinov, and he saw Kikar Yardi, that it was Kula Mishka, and he saw Kigan Hashem Karetz Mitzrayim. Vayinlucham Mu'ula B'chal Eretz Mitzrayim, Yosem Mitzrayim. And the most choice part of Eretz Mitzrayim is Tzawan. Dixiv Kihayi B'Tzawan Sarav. Savafilu Hachi, and nevertheless, Chevron B'vuna Echad Mishiva B'Tzawan. Chevron is seven times produces is seven times more fertile, produces seven times nicer fruits than so on. The Chevron Trashimavi. Uh, wait a second, is it true that Chevron was just rocks? Is that really true? And that's why they buried people because it was the more rocky ground, and they didn't use it to uh, to grow things. Vaksiv, but doesn't the pasuk say in Shmuel Beis, Vayihim Miketzar Bam Shana VeYomer Av Shalom El Melech El Chanad that Av Shalom said, I'm going to go and I'll go to Chevron and uh, from there I'll take a uh, nice sheep in order to bring as uh, karbanos. That Avshalom decided to go to Hebron because that was a place where the sheep can graze. So they 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 grew really really nice sheep in Hebron. Vitanya and the Brisa tells us that uh, that that Elimi Moav Kvasim Hebron. That if you want to get an aisle, a really nice aisle, you go to Moav. If you want to get a really nice keves, you go to Hebron because that's where you get the the, the best sheep. Um, so so don't you see that uh, that Hebron must have had a really wonderful place to graze if it grew such uh, such nice uh, animals there. So how can you say that they didn't plant anything in Hebron and they just used it as a makom of kvarim in Hebron, says Gemara? That's the point. It's not where you got delicious fruits, it's where you got really nice sheep. Mina, it's from that exact place that we derive that it was not used for, uh, for planting things. Since the, the dirt of Hebron was weak and it was not ideal for planting things, 
Avdaraya. It was a place where things just grew up, grew wildly on their own, which is perfect for animals that want to graze. So Visham and Kenyana, and therefore the sheep and the livestock became very fat and uh, delicious. And that's why Avshalom went there to get livestock. But it was the least of all of Eretzrael in terms of a place where you'd want to plant something and it was still seven times greater than uh, than than Salah and Shalmitzrayim. Okay, but from tomorrow we'll pick up at the last line of the Flamadal and Base. Have a great day, everyone.